Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Drought conditions here in British Columbia. Now, yesterday, Envi- Emergency Management Minister uh, Bowen Ma provided an overview on the challenges and the impacts of drought conditions uh, in British Columbia. Um, Ms. Ma said the level and extent of drought is incredibly concerning. Now, drought conditions here in BC, of course, are measured from level zero to five with five being the worst. Right now, four out of 34 water basins in BC are level five, while 18 basins are at level 14, where impacts are likely. BC United agriculture critic and South Delta farmer Ian Payton will join us today at 4.30 to uh, discuss the massive impact the drought is already having on farmers, not only their animals, but also their crops as well. We'll talk uh, to him at uh, 4.30. But first, let's talk about water and Metro Vancouver. Now, yesterday, Vancouver's son, a column Daphne Brahman was on the show to talk about Metro Vancouver's water challenges and the fact that we're not paying enough attention to our water needs and the incredible growth in our region. We're expecting another million people to move to Vancouver by 2050. Joining me now to talk about the reality check uh, when it comes to Metro Vancouver's water needs uh, today into the future is Richmond Mayor and Chair of the Metro Vancouver Water Committee, Malcolm Brody. Malcolm, thank you for joining us today. Uh, It's uh, my pleasure there, Jazz, Thanks for the invitation. Uh, walk me through where we are as you're part of the, the water committee here for Metro Vancouver. Walk me through what the situation is like for someone like yourself who has to make decisions that impact the region along with the committee. Uh, is the situation dire or is it concerning? How would you describe the situation in regards to just the broader issue of water in, in the Metro Vancouver area? We've had uh, water restrictions recommended by Metro Vancouver for many years. Uh, It's up to the cities to adopt them each and every year, but we do get cooperation right around the region. The situation with water is we have three wonderful reservoirs on the North Shore, the Capilano, the Seymour, and the Coquitlam uh, lakes, and they provide an ample support, uh, supply of really, really good water. But we are uh, being affected by the increased heat every year, it, you know, with climate change and one thing and another. And also we're challenged by growth. We're going through a growth spurt, which we have been through for a number of years, and we expect it to last many more years as well. So water supply and uh, water quality uh, those are always top of mind uh, for Metro Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Now, you talked about a growth spurt. We're expecting another million people here by 2050. Uh, and conservation right. methods have, to a certain degree, uh, provided uh, some help. Uh, I believe the, that um, there has been significant reduction in the early years when when the region first started water conservation back in the 1990s. But the returns are smaller and smaller. Um, when do you think we can increase future supply or at least supply storage of water and how do we go about doing that any any sense of what the cost would be because inevitably one would assume with the growth that we're seeing and continued growth 
well to 2050. How do we deal with this issue in a more meaningful way and in regards to the dollars yeah. that may be required? Yeah. Uh, most of the year, for much of the year, we have no problem. We get plenty of rainfall. Last year was particularly rainy. Uh, so the reservoirs are really topped up very nicely, uh, nicely uh, by the beginning of the spring. And also the, the rainfall is augmented by the snowpack, which melts and then comes down through the rivers and streams down into those reservoirs. So we start the springtime with really a good supply, mm -hmm. but then we get into the hot weather. And so that's where conservation needs to come in. Uh, we're now using uh, stage one water restrictions, and that means for lawn watering, you can only water your lawn basically one day a week. Uh, and then there's restrictions on the shrubs and, and whatever. Now, you talk about growth. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you that the water district at Metro Vancouver is very much immersed in our future needs and are taking steps to increase dramatically the supply of water over the next number of decades. So the site you know, the sites you've set, you know, what's happening by 2050 is mirrored by the efforts of uh, all the people in the water department at Metro Vancouver. They are also looking at that. Uh, they have a number of, of strategies uh, to uh, increase the supplies so that no matter what happens, uh, the supply will be plentiful and we can count on it uh, in the decades to come. You also asked about the cost. Uh, anything when you're talking about water uh, you know the water comes from the sky and down the streams free but then you have to process it and you have to have the infrastructure to get it to the farthest regions part of the region mm -hmm. so you can imagine what is necessary to go from North Shore all the way out to Langley or to Maple Ridge or whatever um, so I don't have a dollar figure to give you but I can tell you that the the infrastructure is huge and very, very costly. Uh, there was a, an article earlier, I think in April, that Daphne Broman from the Vancouver Sunday, and she talked about a, a $2.5 billion capital plan from 2022 to 2026. Would that be a rough uh, estimate in regards to the cost? And, and that was for the capital plan, as they say, from 2022 to 2026, so $2.5 Is that roughly close to, at this point, what the cost would be estimated? Uh, Jazz, I don't have the, the numbers at my fingertips. Uh, I do know that the numbers are very, very large. Now, to their credit, mm -hmm. uh, when we had a new CEO, CAO, uh, Jerry Dubravolny, at Metro Vancouver, he oversaw a process where we looked at the capital spending over the next number of years. And with better timing and more predictability, we've been able to reduce some of the spending. But in the end, uh, there's going to be large dollars spent on the water supply just to make sure that we have a good, adequate supply of uh, world-class drinking water here in the region. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, hammer this home, but I, I'm just curious. Uh, the cost of this is significant. Will there be need? Will there be a need for more taxation, or do you, can this be done within the present 
uh, financing within Metro Metro Vancouver because it is quite significant. Two and a half billion dollars in dollars of today can easily go up quite significantly with these massive infrastructure projects. Yeah. Will, you, will you require help from senior levels of government to sort of meet the needs of water needs moving forward for the region? Well, first of all, your last question, do we need the senior levels of government? The, the answer is definitely yes, because the projects are so large. But when you, act, when you talk about taxation, I'm not trying to split hairs here, but yeah. relatively little of what Metro Vancouver done is based on direct taxation, property taxation. Uh, the water revenue is generated by the cities purchasing water from the water district. So yes, the taxpayers are paying for it, but it's not through a direct taxation. Um, that brings me to uh, one of the strategies that I feel passionately about, mm-hmm. but has not been universally uh, accepted, is the fact that we should have universal water metering. Uh, in my city of Richmond, all the single-family dwellings have water meters, um, and the businesses, for the most part, have water meters. Uh, the multifamily complexes are lagging behind that, but they're picking up as well. And so we've been able to demonstrate that with the use of water metering, our population has grown, grown I'll use specific numbers, We've been working on the water metering project since about 2005 or so. And since that time, our population has grown by over 25%. And the usage of water has decreased uh, in excess of 15%. So you can see that notwithstanding growth, we're getting a reduction. And I attribute most of that to the water metering program. But individual cities have to do that, Jazz. It's not something that can be mandated by Metro Vancouver or the Water District. So it does require some, uh, 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 you know, uh, some backbone from elected officials in, in some municipalities They look, every individual family or household at least should be paying based on what they what they are are consuming and based on their consumption uh, consumption patterns. Um, based on what you just said there, uh, you know, I was looking at uh, some imagery from uh, Asia in regards to water. And even when my time living in India, I was always, um, you know, I have images seared to my mind of water trucks coming and filling up the water tanks in each individual home. And water are, it's a huge challenge in, in many parts of Asia and Africa. And we take it for granted here to a certain degree. Asking people to take a shorter shower is, uh, you know, sometimes people take it the wrong way. They're not happy with elected officials saying that. Or, you know, shutting the water off when you're brushing your teeth. Do you think, fundamentally, as, uh, you know, for those of us living in a developed nation, uh, with plenty of fresh water, particularly here in Canada, that there is still that notion that we got lots of water here. I'm not changing my consumption patterns, even though elected officials are asking me, even though there's climate change, even though that we see drought conditions here in British Columbia, that part of the fight still is this assumption that it's our God-given right to spend to use as much water as we need, and that includes my green lawn in the middle of August. If that means, if that means not paying attention to the rules, I'll do that. I think you've put your finger on a big part of the public challenge. Uh, People think, well, if I take a long shower or whatever, uh, that what difference really does that make? I mean, am I really helping the environment by doing that? 
But when you multiply that by a few hundred thousand or million times, it does make a difference. So I can tell you from my experience here in the city of Richmond, when we brought in the water meters, we found all kinds of uh, homes that had leaks that were going undetected. Uh, that and and that led to a lot of the uh, uh, you know the statistics that showed us that our water use was declining. And I think from a common sense point of view, uh, again, part of what you've said is that it is it is really important that um, to me that if you want to take if you want to use an excess amount of water, you need to pay for it because that the cities buy the water from the water district at Metro Vancouver. And so that's the way that you need to pay for it. Uh, if you use a lot, you pay a lot. And if you use only a little, you pay relatively little. Uh, and I think that that's the way it should be. Malcolm, uh, it's a huge issue, and uh, I think we're all just trying to wrap our heads around it provincially and, of course, here in Metro Vancouver. Really appreciate your time and look forward to chatting with you soon. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you, Jazz. Anytime.